Good evening and welcome to Slime and Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie. I have a brand new guest on. I have Mark Esquibel here from California. He is a part of Dad Talk today and needs no introduction. We're going to talk about a variety of issues. We're going to talk about the failures of CPS in Texas. And we're also going to discuss the John Mast murder uh, and the anniversary is February 5th, which is tomorrow. And we're going to talk about the Jeff Younger case, as well as uh, the Henderson documentary of the retired police officer. And we'll get into that. But I welcome you, Mark. How are you this evening? I am good. Uh, it's actually raining out here in Northern California, so hopefully we have a strong signal and don't lose, you know, connection. But I'm good. How are you doing? So far, we're freezing over here. <laughs> it's 32 degrees here, so we're <laughs> yeah, right. You have snow. Yeah. We... No one's happy. I'll, I'll take the rain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Build a fire. Roast a marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, th these uh, CPS failures in Texas, what is and why is this, you know, so much is going on in Texas. So many bad things are coming out of Texas. You know, why is this happening and why are we hearing about it in the last year or so? Well, it it's always been happening. The, the, mm -hmm. the system, you know, was set up um as your children are, are products basically mm -hmm. so under you know the the title 4e funding and and under the safe families act that uh, bill clinton signed he incentivized you know the removal of children from from the home mm -hmm. um so there's going to be corruption anytime there's incentives in any government you know program we always make the joke you know when you hear them I'm from the government and I'm here to help. We tell people you know, run because <laughs> right. that's just, a, we all, we all know that's a fallacy. Um, and, and thankfully we have, we have a judge, judge Janice Jack um, yeah. in the higher level courts that recognizes this. Mm -hmm. um, she recognizes that um, one of our attorneys out in California, sadly, who was murdered, Mark Angelucci, he recognized it. Nancy Schaefer, who was murdered also uh, her and her husband mm -hmm. in Georgia, they recognize it. Um, so, the, the failures are just everyone has a cell phone now and it's instant media. Whereas in the eighties and nineties, when, when all these programs were being set up, people thought of it like, Oh, the safe families act, you know, that, that sounds great. You know, Ugh. we, we want to help uh, <laughs> single, you know, families, single parents that are, that are struggling um, with any type of, you know, trauma. But then when you, when you look at the actual code, and, and you read some of the verbiage under WIC code 300, it literally states the word scheme. So th they have a scheme of how to get you into what's called a voluntary program. So every single program for CPS is voluntary. You have to volunteer. And, and what they do is, is CPS will show up at your door with the officers and say, well, if you don't come willingly, then we may have to take you. And so it's kind of a, a course of control approach to, hey, we're just here to help. Mm -hmm. These cases are ongoing. 
they don't let these parents out of it. And it seems like they also force uh, married couples to divorce or we won't give you your baby back (laughs) type of thing. Yeah, they like to use. um, So on men, they'll use the anger issue and and abuse. And, uh, And on women, they'll use, you know, you're crazy or failure to protect. It's all a scheme because when you were together, you know, you were perfectly fine raising your children. But when you let the state in and and the state can get into your life, either through CPS, either through high conflict divorce. um, And then the state can also get in when, when you're elderly through APS, which we're seeing, you know, everyone's becoming aware of what's going on from the documentary, the guardian to the movie. I care a lot Mm -hmm. um, to divorce court, which came out in 2014. People are becoming aware that, the state and the counties, they literally have line items in their budget of how many kids do we have in, in the system. Um, and one of our, I mean, every county is is the worst, um, but L.A. County is right up there with St. Louis and everybody else. Um, because we've interviewed the director of CPS and he doesn't know constitutional rights. He doesn't know that his social workers, his does properly and that they're violating people's rights when they do come to the door that they are lying on on their their reports they're going into court and lying on the record and the reason they're doing it is because they get bonuses for moving kids out of a house and into you know the foster care system and then they get more bonuses for holding on to those kids at the six-month hearing at the 12-month hearing at the 18-month hearing the 24-month hearing so why would they want to give your kids back if, you know, some CSW is going to get a $4,000 bonus for keeping your kids an extra three months and lying to you? And mm-hmm. that's what we need to, you know, make people um, aware of, you know, know your rights. When they come knocking at your door, you don't have to talk to them. You can tell them to get off, you know, your, your property. Um, and the other end of that is, is CPS is also abused by the false accusers. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's between 83 and 86% of the time. And this is CPS's own number. So we always pull raw data from uh, HHS or the CDC or YouGov, any government agency, we pull all their raw data. I think it's between 83 and 86% of the time, most of the claims made to CPS are completely unfounded. But they're, they're knocking on your door all the time because they're trying to generate income. And the income is your children being in the system. It, that is so disgusting that your children are their income. Yeah, think about that. Yeah, yeah. and the children are dying in foster care. There yep. was a thousand children missing, I believe it was in Minnesota, and no one bothered looking for them last year yeah and the other thing for people to be aware of um because we do a lot of investigation into the background is they also have unlicensed people working for cps on the drug testing side that and and there's a famous case out of the east coast uh, and then we found another one in, in houston texas and then you know another one in la county they literally will taint your drug test mm-hmm. just to keep your kids away from you i mean we we we're not making this up. <laughs> like we found 
these facts and we call them out and we're like, this guy's not licensed and he's, he's from Minnesota. What's he doing in downtown Houston, Texas? And he lost his license in Minnesota, but he's the lead testing tech in Houston, Texas for drug testing. So they'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll steal, they'll, they'll tamper with your drug tests. And then when you try to stand up for yourself in court, they'll be, they'll call you crazy. And then mm-hmm. try and force a psychopath on you because another dirty trick that they use to keep track in the system. Um, like I said, they get paid. So if you look at their budget, it's on their budget. How many kids do we have in the system? How much money did we get reimbursed under the Title IV-E federal contract down to the state? And for example, let's use, um, we'll use L.A. County. For example, let's say that they made $5.5 million in uh, incentives through Title IV-E for having children, providing services, you know, court liaisons, guardian items, and their expenses were $5 million. Well, there's 500000 still left over under that Title IV-E contract. Where do you think that money goes? It goes into the judge's retirement fund and it gets, so let's say you have two judges, mm-hmm. they're going to get an additional $250,000 each year because they either illegally removed your kid from the home and got them to the system and extended them to the six month hearing to the 12 month hearing. Um, and, and it's incentivized for them to run this scheme. So, okay, let me ask you this, and you and you might not know the answer. Even I kind of don't know the answer, but uh, what if CPS gets involved in a custody case and they are used with false accusations to remove uh, a child and hand them over to the abuser? Um, and well, that's uh, how the system is set up. If, uh-huh. Yeah, if you go into the preponderance court as we call it the 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 lie you can lie in in, in a preponderance court it only has to be 51 percent true which think about that statement it's either true or it's false it can't be 51 percent you know true mm-hmm. um they always give to the abuser why because the empath will always fight back they'll always fight to get their child and that's what they're trying to do they're trying to generate bill hours and they're, they're they're trying to pad their pockets and and, and fill their docket and, and bring their friends on that, that's another thing to do you have the judge and then you have an attorney on both sides and the attorneys claim to work for you whether they're a county attorney or a privately hired attorney these people are all talking in the background they, mm-hmm. they say that they don't have ex parte communications but yeah. they're all in, in the background of how they're going to manage this case how they're going to case fix um, we've even caught a bunch of Texas attorneys price fixing as well. They get together and go, well, we only made $300 an hour last year. What do you say all of us in these five counties start charging $400 an hour? Think about that. Think about those private meetings of them going, I want to make a little more this year mm-hmm. off of your children. Yeah, I do believe that. I, I've seen that, <laughs> unfortunately. This is um, th- this is why God devised hell. That's because that's where all they're they are all going there. 
yeah, and it's our job to to come together as as parents to as best as possible stay out of court. Mm-hmm. Um, stay. I mean, I I maybe trust five attorneys in the mm-hmm. entire country, and that's just because I've worked with them, you know, personally. Um, Chris Smith out of Oklahoma, uh, mm-hmm. Melissa Isaac out of Alabama and Florida. There's there's only a few people that I will actually put, you know my life and my kids in their hands and, and know that, okay, these guys aren't going to work me over for billable hours. They just, they want a solution, which if, if you look, CPS is not a solution base, even though they come in and, and say, Oh, we're, we're here to give you services and, and, and we're here to help you. Um, they never solve the problem, whether it's trauma with the parents, whether it's trauma with the kids, um, they're, they're not a solution based system. They're, mm-hmm. they're a financial based system. They're in- incentivized. Mm-hmm. Is there any legislation around the corner that we don't know about that could, you know, everybody would like to see them abolished in some way? There is. So, um, we just, we just passed two bills in California. One's SB 1085. And that was the CPS bill. And the other one is SB 1055, which is the license suspension bill. Um, because if you do get put on child support, um, a lot of times what they what they do is they'll suspend your license, which is an oxymoron. Yeah. If parent has to get to work to make the money to pay the child support, why would you incentivize suspending the license to make it harder for that person to work? Mm-hmm. And then... 1085, um, we we raised the standard of removal um, by CPS when they come knocking uh, at your door. Um, so those two bills just passed in California uh, by Senator Comlogger out of uh, L.A. County. She's now Congresswoman Comlogger. So we're hoping that she kind of carries those bills to a federal level, which will will help everybody. We'll see if we can get any of those bills off the ground. Um, in Congress. And then in Iowa, of all places, two years ago, they actually passed a false accusation bill. Because the other thing you see is you see the false accusation used to gain control. Mm-hmm. So if CPS's own numbers are 80 plus percent, they're completely unfounded and unwarranted. That's taking away from the actual abusive cases that need their attention. So even if we knock that 80 percent down to 40%. That means that the abused people that actually need CPS will be getting their help 40% more each year, time focused on their case, instead of these people wasting all these parents' times with false accusations. Mm-hmm. With multiple phone calls. I hear people say that, you know, they've got someone calling four, five times a week with false accusations yeah and it's it's, it's, yeah i mean when the court rewards you you come into court and you make a false accusation against a mom or a dad and you know you're going to get the bulk of the time just by making this false accusation and nobody is held to the perjury standard unless you go over into civil criminal where perjury is actually upheld and you actually go to jail for perjury um until they put some teeth into the the perjury clause in family court and in, you know, probate court, 
people are going to continue to go in and just lie to gain control over the child. CPS is going to go in to lie. I mean, we, we have the right to lie case out here in California, it came out of Orange County. Mm. Um, and they literally argued in, in front of, you know, the, the three judge panel. Well, we should have the ability to lie to protect the children. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And that, mm-hmm. that was a $9.8 million award. That was the Hardwick Rican case where they lied. They took mom's children, <laughs> stuck them in foster care. Um, and it, it took mom and two of our high profile attorneys, um, Robert Powell and Sean McMillan to go after CPS, but they eventually got them. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everybody has the ability to, Hire a Robert Powell or hire a Sean McMillan um, or a Mark Angelucci um, who's passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to teach each other. We have to work together um, and help each other because it's it's us against them and the them is the court system. So until we stop attacking each other, the court is just going to flourish off of this high conflict. And until we help each other against CPS, they're going to flourish illegally removing, you know, from perfectly healthy homes. Mm-hmm. Well, and if they remove them from um, healthy homes and they're younger, they're easily adopted out. Yeah, and that we we want to push a, a bill for that too. I mean, the child should stay within the family. Mm-hmm. So if mom and dad, you know, are on drugs and they get put in the program, the child is already going through enough trauma as it is. Why go put that child with a stranger? Why not give it to an aunt and uncle that's that's fit, loving, and available? Why not give it to a cousin, a grandparent? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean grandparents have zero rights like mm-hmm. zero rights whatsoever but minus cps being in in your life your kids are at the grandparents house practically every other weekend but then when you go through either high conflict divorce or you know someone struggling with mental illness or has you know a drug problem the state's first approach is we'll take them and give them to a stranger Mm-hmm. So again, that doesn't make an ounce of sense. So we can push for legislation that states, no, it's got to stay within the family or you guys don't get the incentives. Like if you, if you foster them out to a stranger, you're not going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they are just <laughs> destroying left and right. I just, yeah, and if there is cases of severe in uh, physical abuse why aren't people calling the police why call an agency that doesn't even know what they're doing with something like that and let these cases slip through the cracks well and that's another problem um the thomas valva case the mm-hmm. mom was calling and was calling cps the problem was is dad was a cop mm-hmm. and dad and girlfriend were abused thomas and so when it gets to that point where a child is passing away, society as a whole, CPS as a whole, police officers, and us as parents, we've completely failed. Mm-hmm. And somewhere there's got to be some accountability, which which there is. When, when there's a death from a child, there is accountability, but it, it's too little too late. So we need to fix 
the problem with CPS and they're just not qualified. You, you have people that are interns. You have people that, you know, um, don't have, they can't write their own DSM fives yet. They're coming to your house and telling you how to raise a child. You may have, you know, raised five children. And now you have someone with no experience that has a badge that took a couple classes online that's standing there with two officers saying, hey, we got an anonymous report. And you're like, an anonymous about about what and from who? So anonymous reporting, that that's another an, another issue um, mm-hmm. that needs to be looked into and 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 revamped because if a stranger can just call on you you got to think about the turmoil your life's going to go through if a stranger can make a false report to CPS because they're they're court mandated reporters they have to go on everything but there's no common sense that's that's used um, by these social workers when when they come knocking right and i was told at least over here in Pennsylvania, that I could find out who was making these phone calls. And I went through the proper channels to find out only to get a letter saying that they can't tell me. I, I was was wondering, <laughs> yeah. what was that all about? I'm being told by an individual that, yes, I can be able to find out who, I, I already knew who they were, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. but I just wanted to double check. And, and still they're giving you a letter. Namby Pamby. No, they can't tell you. And I think it, someone should put their, you know, uh, money where their mouth is. And if you're going to make a false accusation on anybody, you've got to give them their, your name. And and if it's, if a mistake is made and it's a misunderstanding or unfounded, it, you know, um, that hopefully, you know, that parent won't come after you. I don't know what to say, but there there has to be there. That's the accountability is giving your name and standing up for what you believe in. It could is and could be happening to a child down the street. I don't think you should willy nilly yeah, go make false accusations. No, and. and- the people that make these false accusations, they haven't been in the system. They kind of live in their little, their little bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they actually experienced what these parents are experiencing when, you know, someone makes a call, Mm -hmm. um, your your kid, let's say your kid comes out and, and runs out on the front porch and out on the grass, you can get called for something like that. And Mm -hmm. it's not that big a deal, but, Someone across the street may think, oh, my God, the three-year-old got out and ran into the front yard. It's like, okay, yeah, it wasn't hurt. (laughs) Kids fall down. Kids get bumps and bruises at school. But you'll you'll get, you know, people that want to stick their nose into other people's lives and say, you know, your kids got bruises all over their shins. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they they run all over the the playground and kind of bump their knees and, and their shins. That that's not abuse. What they're missing is is the real abuse, the the, mm-hmm. the Thomas Valvas, the the child that was just found in Houston, Texas, in the wash machine, the yeah. other child in San Antonio that was found uh, under the the front porch. Um, those are what need to be focused in on, and and these people making the false accusations, there has to be some sort of repercussion mm-hmm. to curb it, 
because A, it's being used in court for control, and then B, it's being used to just ruin lives. Oh, yeah. um, and if there's no recourse to stopping people from anonymously just ruining your life, maybe they don't like you, but mm-hmm. likes got nothing to do with how you raise your children. You have the right to raise your children however you want them to, you know, religiously, ethically, morally, that's your right. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they've got to go and something else has to be put in their place, but they've got to, they have just got, have got to be gone. Um, I, these brokenhearted parents, especially, you know, I'm hearing that Texas has a really huge problem as well as in the, the foster care, they are giving kids um, medication that are just like trial medication to kids in foster care in Texas. Yeah. that And that kind of rolls over into big pharma. Um, mm-hmm. And, and the Jeff Younger case is a prime example mm-hmm. of big pharma and what we what we call dirty attorneys um, got involved in a in a family dispute. Um, and it's it's the biggest overreach that, that I've seen. Um, I mean, next to Ted Hidako in Walnut Creek, California, and Rob Hoogland in, in uh, Canada, who actually went to prison protecting his child uh, under the same guides. So. Um, Jeff and his wife, who's who's a pediatrician, split up and they had twins, James and Jude. Uh, and this conflict has been going on for years. Mom's been trying to transition just James, not not Jude. Um, mm-hmm. And it's gone back and forth, back and forth. Well, where it's at right now is California just signed a bill, SB 107. And it basically states... If you're a boy and you feel like a girl, even though your brain doesn't fully develop until you're in your mid twenties, and that's mm-hmm. what puberty is for, that's mm-hmm. it's, it's a natural, you know, there there is a there is a system that that fixes all this after puberty, um, but big pharma has figured it out and got involved. Um, and if you're a girl and you want to be a boy, just come to California because you know we were we will gender identity that ideology. And big pharma is is backing this. So Jeff's ex-wife was allowed to close up shop in Texas, mm-hmm. strip all of Jeff's rights, and the boys brought out to L.A. And the reason they were allowed to do that is because, again, throw incentives. There's incentives for UCLA and UCSF to have test subjects on there's a call loop and that is only used to chemically castrate pedophiles in prison it is not approved by the fda anywhere else in the united states except for test subjects at ucsf university of san francisco and ucla well you have to have the subjects right to mm-hmm. test a drug that's not fda approved and is a is used to chemically castrate pedophiles in prison so where did we get lost as a society we think is acceptable to a nine-year-old who's 10 and, and his and his brother doesn't show any of these ideologies and james doesn't show any of these ideologies mm-hmm. he's just taught by a parent to think i'm a girl but when he's with dad he's hunting he's football 
basketball, boxes. I mean, mm. he's a boy. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't even gone through puberty yet. Uh, so let's let the child go through puberty. Let's let the child get to 18. You know, we they can't smoke cigarettes. They can't enter the army. They can't vote. They can't get a tattoo. Um, mm-hmm. But we can introduce a hormone blocker into a mm-hmm. nine-year-old because he may feel like he's a girl. I think we need to wait. Um, I fully oppose SD-107. Uh, Gavin Newsom signed because he was pressed by big pharma. Um, and I think the more that comes out from this case, the more that people are going to root out big pharma wants our children. Because mm-hmm. um, each one of our kids is, is literally worth between, I think it's $1 million and $3 million once they get them on those hormone blockers, you know, up until they're 18 years of age. So again, it's incentivized. Um, and yeah, that, that case, uh, that, that case is, is, is going to let us know which direction we're going, um, in society. Cause now you've pitted Texas against California and Texas says you can't demonstrate him, but California is going to say, well, under, you know, the gender identity care. Yes, you can. Um, so we'll see how that plays out um, in court. But currently, right now, James is losing uh, the ability to grow up and just be a boy. And at 18, if he wants to transition, that's on him. But prior to 18, you need parental consent mm-hmm. in, in my book. You need both parents, and they don't have it right now. They mm-hmm. just have. A corrupt, a corrupt judge in Texas mm-hmm. who um, Barry Brown and uh, another attorney who came out of a big law firm called Coons Fuller, uh, and and they've attacked they've attacked a lot of a lot of parents um, in Texas, um, and and that's how you get these illegal orders. It's who you know, and and Coons Fuller is a huge contributor to Mary Brown, um, mm-hmm. her campaign um and mary brown actually shouldn't even be on the bench she got um caught with um when she was running for office let's just say she didn't have the right paperwork and she accepted money when she wasn't supposed to accept money but they didn't they didn't investigate her and they allowed her to run for office even though there were some uh, illegalities in her political uh, paperwork and finances. So you, you have to think about that as well um, when you have a case like this or you have a CPS that comes to your house. You go to court to get justice and there there is no justice in, mm-hmm. in these preponderance courts. Mm-mm. And didn't Judge Mary Brown place Jeff Younger on a gag order? Yeah, and he violates it all the time. Yeah, he, he says, <laughs> "I want to, I want to be arrested because, as a criminal, as an actual felon, I'll have more rights. Mm-hmm. I'll get due process. I'll get my case heard in front of a jury." And that's another one of the tricks that they play. So Mary Brown uh, just kept issuing temporary orders. She never went to final trial. So that's that's things that parents need to learn, you know, as well. The the little tricks that these courts will do to to keep you in there. Um, and to generate, you know, more money, they they won't go to final trial 
Um, and then even when you do go to final trial, the hardest thing to appeal up to the state Supreme Court um, is a family court hearing because the Supreme Court a lot of times will throw it out on subject matter jurisdiction. That's a family court issue. And we don't we don't take we'll take Fourth Amendment violations, Fifth Amendment violations, Second Amendment violations, Fourteenth Amendment violations. They'll hear those cases, but mm-hmm. they they literally will not hear family court cases. You know, I would think in the Jeff Younger case, why not put that into civil court as that is child psychological abuse to inflict this on a child uh, based on the child's age? He's tried. That's why he violates the illegal gag order. He want, he's like, please, please arrest me so that I can get in front of a jury uh-huh. and I can tell them why I was illegally gagged. I can tell them that, you know, uh, I'm I'm not going to put my child in a dress and call him a female name and put mm-hmm. long hair on him and, and, you know, send him to school and abuse him. I'm just not going to do mm-hmm. that um, and then pay a supervisor, <laughs> you know, to to do that. Um, he's, he's like, I'm not doing it. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but, uh, everything that you've been doing is illegal. Mm -hmm. My son's a boy. He knows he's a boy. Um, and he spent upwards of $1.5 million, uh, trying Mm -hmm. to protect, you know, his son. And then what people don't think about is Jude is right there front and center watching this abuse. And he's like, he gets confused and he's like, He's like, Daddy, why? Why? I mean, he, James looks just like me. Like, why? He doesn't want to be a girl. Why? Why is he being forced to be a girl? Mm-hmm. And it's just psychological, you know, abuse. And then what? What people don't know is the mom did this similar approach with her older daughters um, as well. So um, there's a lot of background to his case that people just see snippets of it. But mm-hmm. there was already writing on the wall because uh, uh, she she did this same type of thing to her older daughter as well. So then her older daughter is uh, male now, or what's the deal with the older daughter now? Uh, no. So the, the older daughter um, was just born from a sperm donor. She didn't want dad in the life of the child whatsoever she just wanted a son donor Mm -hmm. and jeff didn't realize this until about two years into their marriage Um, and Mm -hmm. he he admitted it had i known that had i known that that she just wants you know sperm donors um i probably wouldn't have married her probably wouldn't have you know Mm -hmm. uh had had kids with her Uh, so what a shame. This is how it, some... it's hard to see those red flags. Right. Front. It's hard. It's definitely hard to see them, you know, when this other person appears to be intelligent and and they hide their personality disorder so very well. Yeah, I mean, you just say, oh, she's a pediatrician and you think, OK, she's level headed. Right. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. this woman has spent every minute of every day of every hour of every dollar that she's earned. And she even closed up her practice to move to LA to transition. 
James. I I would want that person evaluated by someone yeah. uh, highly credentialed and and highly aware of uh, all types of pathologies and disorders. Exactly right, and and if you're a parent out there in California and you knew of her, you definitely wouldn't want to take your kids there to her. Uh, um, that's how I would feel as a parent. She'd... Yeah, well, so if you're a parent anywhere, I would be concerned with SB 107 because your child can actually just go to a teacher and say, I feel like a girl, even though I'm a boy, you know, mm -hmm. or I feel like a boy, even though physically I'm a girl. Um, and that child can be removed from your custody without your consent and taken to California as a sanctuary state. So it's not just that California passed this law, it's that any of the states, your child can be removed. So let's say a false false accusation comes in against you and CPS mm -hmm. removes your child, puts them in the system, and then there's a gender identity uh, or gender dysphoria claim, right? Like, like they're saying is with James. Mm -hmm. They can take your child from Pennsylvania and move them to California uh, without the parents' consent, that's scary. That is very, very scary. Yeah, and th these and are again, go ahead. Uh, it, well, it's pushed by big pharma. So when people think, well, what if they really want to transition? We're fine with that at eighteen. But mm -hmm. a child is a child below the age of eighteen, and the parents are in charge of that child and how you raise them and rear them. And, what religion you put them in and sports and what schools they go to and foods that they eat and, you know, who they hang out with um, and how they grow up. If it's in a city, if it's in the woods, that's the parents, right? Mm -hmm. So now that there's a bill out there that can supersede parents constitutional rights, that is people need to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. um, it's a big deal and big it pharma's behind it. That's it's just so sickening. I'm so glad we are having this conversation. You know, um, we had been talking earlier about the Henderson documentary. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so that one is more of court abuse, um, mm -hmm. but does deal with the medical practice. Um, so, Dave's so Dave's a retired. Um, police officer and uh, his son Corbin was diagnosed with cancer and he was going uh, to the top hospital um, in Dallas. Uh, it had a 90% success rate and he was two thirds of the way through the treatment. Um, and um, mom went in and, and got a court order to take him out of that treatment and take him to New York and try some sort of alternative, you know, holistic approach to, to curing the cancer. Uh, and Dave tried to fight it. Uh, and the reason I brought up Coons Fuller in the Jeff Younger case is because guess who represented uh, to uh, take Corbin off and try alternative medicine in New York? Coons Fuller was on the other side uh, to remove uh, Corbin uh, from the Dallas hospital that had a 90 percent you know efficacy rate to 
cure cancer and send them to New York to do some alternative um, medicine. Uh, once that medicine and treatment failed, uh, he was sent home and, and the Dallas hospital kept telling the dad, if you bring him back by this amount of time, we, we can still keep him in the program and, and give you a 90% chance of your son living. Uh, and, and they missed that point and, and they fought it in courts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the camel that, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back was, um, when we were informed by Dave that, uh, Corbin had two weeks, you know, to live and, uh, it was on mom's vacation time. So he filed, you know, an emergency order to get more time because mm-hmm. he had no time on mom's two week vacation, but there's extenuating circumstances, you know, Corbin's mm-hmm. literally got two weeks left to live. The courts gave dad one hour, three times a week. That's it. And this is a dying son. Mm-hmm. And so we got involved and then they filed another um, ex parte because the grandparents who he's really close to wanted time, but grandparents have no rights. Uh, and so the grandparents were awarded 90 minutes on Father's Day. And that was it. No other time was awarded um, for them to see their grandson. So the last time that they got to spend time with Corbin was for 90 minutes on Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sad part about this is um, at the end, right to right to where within the last hour of Corbin you know, passing, uh, Dave was finally allowed to come over to mom's house and lay with his son uh, in, in the last, you know, few, uh, minutes. Um, and we, we just put a trailer out. Um, we're doing a documentary on this specific case, uh, to highlight, um, you know, government and court abuses. Anybody from the outside looking in can sit back and go, I, I, I don't care how much I despise my ex. I would have never done this to my son ever. Mm-hmm. The whole family could have had as much time as they wanted with with the child. That was his wishes, but he wasn't allowed to because the court, you know, intervened and said, oh, we're in charge of this child and you only get, you know, three one hour visits a week until he until he passes. That is a complete and utter disgusting overreach of the court into Mm -hmm. a family dynamic that should not be there. Nobody should have the ability to go into court, especially with a dying child, and say, oh, I want to control this situation. But that's what that's what took place. So um, our, the documentary that that Dad Talk Today um, Productions is putting out is called Two Weeks and Counting. Um, we just promoted the uh, the trailer for it um, so you can see it online on on Dad Talk Today. Um, and you'll see a lot of the inner workings and and more uh, insight into everything that that went on in that case because again this could happen to you mm-hmm. someone could go to court and one of your family members is passing away and they could completely obstruct you from seeing them i mean look at what they did with covid people mm-hmm. had to do zoom calls with with their their relatives that was the last time they saw their relatives over a zoom call and in may uh biden's saying covid 
pandemic's over. It's going to be over. But think of all the people that couldn't be present with their loving family. Mm -hmm. Um, So we we feel this is um, the public needs to know about this. The public needs to know about the James Younger case. Um, Mm -hmm. These these are important documentaries to us. um, And and we think it's important for the public as well. These judges uh, with the Jeff Younger case and this case with Corbin who passed, uh, are they seeking some type of, um, I don't these judges allegedly have immunity. I think their immunity is coming to an end one of these days. I just know that will happen, I think, in our lifetime. But are they working on giving the judges some type of um punishment for these errors no because they have a famous case called stump versus sparkman Mm -hmm. and it was a case where a judge um removed the reproductive organs of a teenage Mm -hmm. uh child and then later on when she went to um try and have children in her 20s um, she was never informed that her reproductive organs were removed. And it went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And um, it, this case, Stump versus Sparkman, gives all judges what's called absolute immunity. As long as they're doing something in their judicial capacity, they are completely immune from abusing us. Um, if we could get Stump versus Sparkman overturned then their absolute immunity would be gone the cps agents have quasi judicial immunity but there's you, you can you can get cps as an entity and you can get social workers as a whole cuz there's a lot of cases um out there uh hogan versus north carolina is one out of cherokee county um that's case law uh, the other one that we spoke about earlier, the right to lie case, Hardwick versus Rican out of Orange County, California. Um, Senate bill, I think it's 400 out of Montana, allows a bunch of grandparents got together and just said enough's enough. And they had a bill passed where you can sue CPS as an entity and sue the social workers uh, mm-hmm. personally. So the more of this we get out to people, the false accusation bill that's in Iowa, if we could get that at the federal level, so where it covers every single state, that will help uh, parents and more importantly, children be protected from all these abuses. Because it's bad enough if you have an abusive parent, whether it's a mom or a dad, and then you go ask for help and then you just get abused even more by your government. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to stop the doubling down. We need to, uh, I say we need to starve, starve all attorneys. Um, Mm-hmm. But not everyone has the ability to to go pro se. Um, we wish they, they could. Mm-hmm. But until we remove Stump versus Sparkman, until we have, you know, more civil litigation and criminal litigation um, against these government actors, their daily job is basically to make money abusing our families and our children. Mm-hmm. So we have to come together as as a whole, as parents, men, women, aunts, uncles, grandparents, cousins, nieces, nephews. You have to protect your family. 
first. And when it's your own government abusing you, awareness is is what we're pushing right now because mm-hmm. we tried the legislators and we're still trying them. But I mean, we went to 43 states. We propped up in every capital there was a couple of years ago. We put a mic in front of their face and we we thought we would be able to hold them to task. No, they just gave us lip service. I mean, we got great interviews, but mm-hmm. none of them said, hey, I'll back your time taken, time given back bill. Hey, I'll back your CPS reform bill. Hey, I'll, I'll back your, you know, uh, false accusation bill. None of them took up the torch for us. So we're more into uh, awareness now, documentaries, mm-hmm. and we will still knock on doors and say, I, I need you to pass this legislation. Um, but what we're working on now is we need both sides to come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by both sides is in, in in the DV group, it's fractured because there's so many different you know, subgroups. Um, you've, you've got one mom's battle, you got Tina's group and, and, and you've got, you know, Mel Janelle up in Illinois and, and, um, you've got, uh, Rockman in Houston that works on, uh, title four D, you know, reform called the child support hustle. Um, until we get everybody on both sides to come together and say enough's enough, we're, we're going to stop this. They're going to continue to, you know, keep us, uh, divided. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll go out of my way. Um, uh, we actually just worked together, Tina and I, in my hometown, they snatched, um, a 15 year old little girl and a 10 year old little boy and forced them into this fake reunification therapy down in LA, um, which is a complete farce. You, you ask any licensed clinician or, or PhD about reunification and they straight up say it, it doesn't exist, but there's people grabbing kids and stuffing them into these $40,000, you know, uh, a cost, uh, 90 day reunification camps where they're literally, um, being abused. One of the, one of the biggest ones was, uh, David Segui. I think he forked out between 80 and $90,000 and his kids were taken from him. David Segui is a ex Baltimore Orioles baseball player mm-hmm. and they milked him for 80 grand. Why? Because he had it. That's mm-hmm. why. And so as parents, we have to come together and, and stop spending our hard earned money and work together to go after these, you know, corrupt court actors. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time also with that issue is it's a judge fail. The judge fails. And it it just keeps moving along. You know, the judges make a decision and there it is and off we go. Yeah, that that's that mm-hmm. that's that immunity because mm-hmm. the the game was rigged in their favor. They know what they can do sitting on that bench. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have much recourse against them. They know what it takes to actually file an appeal. And they know that the judges that are sitting on the appellate court were themselves family court judges or civil, you know, court judges at one time. And now they're just sitting on the appellate court. Um, they know how how hard it is to get up to the state Supreme Court and even harder how it is to the United States Supreme Court. Um, we have a, an attorney that is arguing the Fourth and Fourteenth Amendment uh, at the United States Supreme Court right now. And it's 
less than a 1% chance that he'll get a favorable ruling. But if he does, it's good for all of us Mm -hmm. um, because it, it will, you know, give us more teeth, um, which we should already have as, as parents. Um, But we we see every day Mm -hmm. these judges um, in in their little circus (laughs) courts, what they Mm -hmm. do to families. And they're, they're your neighbors. Like these people live in our community. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I have interviewed Jim Shock several times, like twice with his attorneys and once by himself. And his judge has dangled the second right amendment and took his rifles. And some of them were antiques inherited from his father or grandfather and made him lock them up and pay 80 to 90 dollars a month on these you know what they thought were dangerous weapons and this guy doesn't even have a traffic ticket he's a hard-working veteran and they wouldn't let him see his kid until he locked these guns up and um he did all that he jumped through all their hoops and they still are giving him a hard time and he's dealing with so many uh, personality disorders. It's just very sad to see a parent go through that. And when they've done nothing wrong, especially when a judge is tampering with the amendments. But I've I've heard of judges that say they don't have to follow the Constitution either. So I, I've heard judges say that I'm God. Uh-huh. <laughs> And so, and back to our SB 1055 bill that we passed in California, thankfully we got that passed because it curbs the judge's abuses. Um, There's another, I forget which state, Idaho, Montana, one of those states, they passed into legislation um, suspending fishing licenses and hunting licenses if you were behind on back child support. Now, I'm not saying I'm for not paying your child support, but sometimes you fall on hard times and we went through COVID and and sometimes people have mental illness or they just get lost and they 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 get so distraught that they they reach for drugs and alcohol. You shouldn't punish people by suspending their license or holding up a fishing or hunting license that they they get six days a month with their child and they want to go hunting and fishing. Those to me are counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Um, and one case in point, uh, there was a gentleman gentleman by the name of Walter Scott, and uh, he had his license suspended. He owed thirty thousand dollars in back child support. Mm-hmm. And when he got pulled over by an officer, he got out and he ran because he knew if he was arrested that he wouldn't be able to go to work. And the fact that he's having to work under the table just to make ends, you know. Mm-hmm. Me, the system is set up to to punish um, parents. Mm-hmm. And sadly, Walter Scott got shot seven mm-hmm. times in the back by an officer and was murdered because he owed back child support. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that we need for these officers, too. We need a big red flag that says this is not a hardened criminal that has, you know, a warrant out for his arrest. This is just a parent that has a warrant out for his arrest for back child support. So the officers get out. And their hand goes to their taser if, if something goes wrong, not to their firearm, let alone if he's running from you. Why are you shooting someone in the back at a traffic mm-hmm. stop? It just it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, um, 
and, and then you know the poor gentleman that was just beat up by the the five cops and mm-hmm. um we need as as a society we need to we need to curb these abuses whether they're from other parents whether they're from officers whether they're from courts lawyers guardian items uh legislators that just give you lip service mm-hmm. we as a whole need to start curbing and telling them this is what we need from you and if we don't get it we're going to remove you mm-hmm. we're going to vote you out we're going to vote out the da's we're going to vote out the sheriffs um and we're going to remove you judges mm-hmm. we're going to file you know either recall petitions or impeachment um and that's another thing that that mm-hmm. people you know can learn and come together on you got a corrupt judge go start a recall petition on them mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Uh, I mean, but who would know to do that? I mean, a lot of people wouldn't know how to that they could do that. Exactly. And and that's kind of what we try to help people with. Um, we're not experts by any means. I mean, I know a couple of people that I call experts that I reach out to all the time. Um, but that's why we started the dad talk today support group It's for moms. It's for dads. It's for aunts, uncles, grandparents, because in there, we're just trying to bring awareness. Um, not only is it helpful to tell your story in there, but sometimes you can say, Hey, I'm going through this. Has anyone else experienced this? And what did you do? And one thing is, yeah, we've recalled judges before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we filed recusals. Here's, you know, the 170.1, 170.3, 170.6 in California. And then we'll help people. Hey, just go look on this page. This is how we do it in California. And this is how you do it in Pennsylvania. Here is your remedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we encourage everyone to come into the Dad Talk Today support group. One, if they just, you know, want to be part of a group that's that sometimes you just need to gripe, you know, you mm-hmm. need to vent and your friends your family might be a little burnt out on it. Mm-hmm. Come, come hang out with us, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we'll try and cheer you up and help you with, you know, resources. Um, and that, that's why we started that is, is to bring everybody together. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I have always felt bad about the John Mast case and, you know, this is the two year anniversary of his murder by the father-in-law. And now it's it's what it's taken so long to even get to a trial. Do you want to tell us more about that? Yeah, so um, tomorrow we're actually running a, a special um, for John Mass and um, to bring awareness uh, regarding the case. Uh, last October, we released a documentary called I Stand with John, uh, and it basically documented what John went through. John got falsely um, accused of horrendous things, um, and he did what the court you know, told him. He paid $150,000 to try and be in Shira and Zane's life. Um, the parents um, and the mom actually... Uh, skipped town and and went to another state and John moved to that state and got another job and started fighting in mm-hmm. in Idaho 
Um, and when he finally got uh, custody after fighting for a couple of years, uh, fighting off these false accusations of abuse against both his son and his daughter, when he was finally exonerated, um, he went to pick them up. And instead of uh, mom showing up in her vehicle, uh, her vehicle showed up with Jim Brasier, which was her father. And Jim got out and point blank shot John in the chest three times and then dropped the gun, and got arrested and said, I did it. The, the disheartening and, and sad part about that is literally a couple minutes later, mom pulled up with the children in another vehicle. Um, and they actually saw their dad laying there dying uh, in in the in the parking lot um, where the handoff was at. So that was uh, why we threw together this documentary, because uh, we had been dealing with legislators and we're like, look, they're just not doing anything right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be promoting the documentary tomorrow on Dad Talk Today. And uh, taking questions because a lot of people don't really know what went on. A lot of people only heard, you know, parts of the story. Mm-hmm. But the long and short of it is, is, is John is gone, um, mm-hmm. and no one on John's side of the family has seen Ashira or Zane uh, in that two years' time. And the tragedy is that it's taken a DA two years when you have a at the site murder <laughs> yeah stating i did this and we're t- two years in and the, the court case has been delayed uh four separate times we're, we're finally going to get a trial in august um but again that's court abuses i mean mm-hmm. this this should have been wrapped up in at least a year mm-hmm. and was there any interest in the the mother's involvement at all i i remember when this had happened a lot of people were questioning that yeah so the um once the criminal trial starts a lot of people have said well she was nearby she knew she knew dad was going to do this she had been talking dad up for a long long time um john had been threatened previously john's dad had been threatened by jim previously as well um and if you know the mast family they they are they are the one of the nicest families i've ever met and they did something that i don't know if i could do after jim murdered um john his parents forgave jim and prayed for him Mm -hmm. now i don't know if i could do that but that's the type of family that that john had surrounding him when he was going through you know this this three-year nightmare of just trying to be a parent Mm -hmm. and working out a ton of money and doing everything right and then at the end you know he he gets murdered Mm -hmm. um at the handoff the daughter was there we think she's a co-conspirator we don't know what the da is going to prosecute her as a co-conspirator or not but the mass family is not going to wait for that in the criminal trial. Um, she's actually being sued civilly. So she's going to be able to um, have what she did brought in front of a jury. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dad is currently in jail. He's awaiting criminal charges. Uh, whether the 
the daughter um, who we think uh, promoted this to the father mm-hmm. uh, gets dragged into that criminal trial. We don't know, but the Mass family uh, just filed paperwork to mm-hmm. sue the mom civilly and, and get her in front of a jury. I don't blame them. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, and if you think about it, um, trusting a criminal court, you can go all the way back to the OJ trial and OJ was exonerated for murdering two people. Mm-hmm. But then the Goldman sued OJ and won in civil court. So that's why the Mass family is kind of doing this, because, you mm-hmm. know, if you look at history, you're like, wow, murderers actually get off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, in 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 memory of, of John, we're going to be, you know, playing the documentary. Um, and then another thing that we've done just to help out uh, families uh, and, and people in need is we have a call in number that we started at Dad Talk today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that number is 762-441-0283. And it's between two and three minutes. You can call and leave a voice message. Just tell us your story. And we'll play it and read it on air. Um, And it allows people to get out their hurt, um, sometimes deal with their PTSD uh, by talking about it and and leaving a voicemail. And and then we we kind of uh, help with, hey, we've been there. Hey, we understand that. We know what you're going through. This is what helped us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's it's a it's a lifeline to everybody to just come join the community. Tell us your story. We'll we'll, we'll play the voicemail um, on air. Uh, try not to say you know your children's cases. Mm-hmm. Say like where you're from, what what town, a little bit about your case and and what you're going through. Um, so we we kind of call it our our therapy line so to speak you know just tell us what you're going through and maybe we can help or give some encouraging words or even direct you uh in the direction of some resources that you may not know are available out there Mm -hmm. um so and that that line that phone line is up all all day every day you can you know leave a two to three minute voicemail uh regarding Mm -hmm. your situation um, but specifically tomorrow, because it is the anniversary of, of John Mass' um, death, Eric's going to be doing um, a, a special show um, mm-hmm. tomorrow. Well, that's good. I'm so glad you took time to talk to me. I won't keep you all evening. Um, again, if anyone can reach you for any questions, um, how can they reach you? Uh, so... To get a hold of me or like Robert, the easiest way is to go through the Dad Talk Today support group. Um, if you saw our actual uh, inboxes and text messages, we we rarely have time because we're all volunteers. Mm-hmm. No one's getting Dad Talk Today is run by a, a small group of us, um, and no one's getting paid. And then the support group is run by a bunch of volunteers, and no one's getting paid mm-hmm. there as well. So we do as much as we can you know, in our, in our advocacy and our volunteer, you know, uh, position, but mm-hmm. we're not, we're not getting paid. So, 
Um, I would say try and get a hold of us through Dad Talk Today support group. You'll either get Robert or myself because um, mm-hmm. we're the ones that are that are in there uh, adminning um, all of it. Um, or yeah, just leave a voicemail um, on on the line uh, when, when we hear you know something that is in our wheelhouse or we think we have the bandwidth to to help. We'll reach back out you know to you because mm-hmm. we, we do get requests all over the place and mm-hmm. there's only a few of us and we're in the united states and we have a dad talk today canada and we have people in australia and south america and the uk and greece and, um so yeah like i said we're just a small group and if we can help you, we try to help you through the Dad Talk Today support group, and we try to help you, you know, through the call-in uh, number that we just started last year. That's it's free, mm-hmm. so we don't charge anything. The support group's free. The call-in number's free. Um, all that we ask is, you know, get out there and start talking to your legislator and start learning, you know, your your civil court of procedures and mm-hmm. and just help the next person because that mm-hmm. that's kind of our motto. We, what we learn, we want to give to other people. And there may be something that they're an expert in that they could teach us on. So it's just a big co-op learning uh, place to come together. And, mm-hmm. and the end goal is Eric doesn't want to be doing this anymore. I don't want to be doing this anymore. But as long as children are abused, we're going to keep doing this mm-hmm. but until we reform the court system and until we you know, get our legislators to do what we voted them into office, you know, to do. That's why we're here. Most definitely. Well, um, thank you very much, but uh, don't jump off. Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. And thank you so very much, Mark Esquibel. I'll probably have you back on again sometime whenever you are ready to pop back on. Thank you very much. Thank you.